And it's one thing that I preach all the time is multiple income streams and like diversify your work. Hello, everyone. Welcome to a new episode of the Digital Nomads Daily Podcast. Today, I have a guest that has done many, many different things. And I'm sure that a lot of our listeners relate to this, like finding out like what works, how do you want to make money? Do you want to go entrepreneurship? Do you want to go freelancing? Like, There's just so many ways. So it's really cool to talk to someone that has done many different things. Welcome, Brie, on the podcast. Thanks so much for having me. I'm really excited about the episode today. And before we're going to talk about your digital nomad journey, I have a couple of quick questions for you. And my first question is, how long have you been nomading? So uh, this is a bit complicated. I've been an expat for over seven years. Um, and the first two years were more uh, based in Vienna. And then after that, we started moving around. So my partner is a professional ice hockey player and he moves places depending on which team he has. And then I also move with him and then I travel throughout the year for different types of work. Um, so yeah, I, I would say altogether, it's been about seven years, but we do kind of have, you know, a little bit of a home base together. So it's not a full-time digital nomad life. It's um, a majority time digital nomad life, I like to say. <laughs> Oh, it's good. It's good that you shared that because lately we had so many more people on the podcast that say like, look, I, I like to have a home base, but the majority of the months in the year, you just want to like, yeah, like do something else. But having a home base is maybe this is like one misconception that we can get out of the way already in the introduction. It's okay to have a home base. Like you're not Absolutely. less, of, right? Not less of a nomad just because you have no. a home base. <laughs> Yeah, I know that's I know that's a touchy subject for a lot of people. And some people will kind of die on that battlefield of you're not a digital nomad if you don't fully commit and you're not traveling the whole time. But I just I disagree. I, I mean, as long as you're working and you're traveling the most of the time, I think it's absolutely acceptable to have a home base and, you know, kind of have that. It gives you a bit of the stability that I know a lot of people kind of feel can be, you know, stressful in the digital nomad life or lacking for. Mm. better term I guess but um I don't think it means that you're any less of a digital nomad <laughs> all right and uh where are you talking from right now um so right now I'm actually in the United States in South Carolina I came home to visit my family for the holidays for Thanksgiving and then I will go back to Austria for Christmas to be with my partner cool that's exciting. So uh, my next question is, is how do you sustain your lifestyle? And this is also what we're going to talk about. So maybe you can, you can share in like a shorter answer what, what you're doing today. And then we can chat about how did you get there? <laughs> okay. Yeah, I know. I've, I've done so many things. It's a bit of a roller coaster, chaotic ride. Um, so for the most part right now, and it's one thing that I preach all the time is multiple income streams and like diversify your work. Because even if you're an entrepreneur or a freelancer or whatever style digital nomad you are, I think it can be stressful to lack that stability a lot of times. So having multiple income streams and multiple things that you're doing and you're actually passionate about all of them is such a game changer. I know it was for me. So um, right now, the main things that I do are threefold. So the first one is that um, my passion project, I'm actually a digital nomad coach. So I help other people make that transition and figure out which style of digital nomad life works for them. 
And I basically try to help other people avoid all the mistakes and the trial and error period that I did. I mean, we can't avoid it completely, obviously. Everyone kind of has to get a feel for it and figure out what works for them. But I really wanted to help people make that transition easier. And so that's kind of like my main focus and my true passion project, I like to call it. And then my other two uh, income streams are I freelance as a social media manager. So I help a bunch of other companies run their social media accounts. Sometimes it's long term. Sometimes it's kind of just quick come in, optimize their bio, their content creation, kind of give them a plan. And then I kind of, you know, step back. And then other ones kind of want me to, you know, help stay on a bit longer term and really manage their social media accounts. And then my final one is content creation, which is really, really enjoyable. And I work with hotels, I work with brands, I work with product photography, uh, you know, uh, user generated content, Mm -hmm. I work with tourism boards, kind of all of that. So it's a lot of content creation. And I think the like, diversification between all of these things keeps me from burning out, because I enjoy all of it. But because I'm doing something different every day, I think this is what I've found works for me. Cool. I love how you approach the question with I um, I have different income streams because when we ask the question how do you make a living it kind of refers to like how do you make money right and for some people that's one job and for other people that's like multiple jobs but it's cool because there's just so many different ways on on doing this and we hear all the time digital nomads that have like this one passion project what they're probably more known for but then on the back end they have like all these other things that they're doing and that's i feel like that's like a new generation like a new way of making money in our generation that it's not like one steady job and even a steady job doesn't have to well, be. And to be honest, there's even more behind the scenes. I mean, I have my own presets. I have a website that I do reviews and partner with other brands. I have um, like customizable products. So um, like I have my own brand, it's called Travel Munchers. It's actually the name of all of my accounts on my website. Um, But I have like my own products. I customize products for other people and sell those online. Um, I write eBooks. I have a new one coming out about sustainable travel that I'm really excited about. So, I mean, it's not even the three, like those three are obviously my main income sources, but there's so many other things that Mm -hmm. I also do for passive income behind the scenes. Yeah. Well, it seems like you're a very uh, busy bee. So... (laughs) Actually, one of the things before we go into how did you get to do all these things? How do you balance all of that? Because it sounds like really a lot. And I think there must be some things that you do to make sure that you're, um, yeah, that you feel good and balanced and still Mm -hmm. energized and excited about all the projects. Well, I mean, like what kind of drew me to the digital nomad life was necessity because we move around so much anyway for my partner. But I wanted to, you know, kind of have my own projects, my own income stream that I could take with me anywhere. So the digital nomad lifestyle was sort of a necessity, but also I just really wanted that freedom and flexibility to create my own hours, choose the people I work with, and, you know, kind of have a bit more control. So I I do set, you know, guidelines for the times that I work and guidelines for timelines for projects and depending on which client I'm working with. And, you know, as I said, some clients want longer term partnerships where I may stay on 
for months at a time or even up to a year. Other ones, you know, they're like, hey, just come in and help us for about a month. Um, with my students for my um, Digital Globetrotter Academy, that's also very much at their own pace. So, you know, some students are like me and they're very eager and they just want to go, go, go. So, you know, some of them might be scheduling a call or even two calls every single week while others are kind of, I don't want to say slower, but they're, they're taking it at their own pace and they're trying yeah. to fit it into the life that they currently have. So they may not have as much time to devote to it as they're kind of working through that transition. So some students may only call once a week, once every other week, something like that. So, I mean, it is a lot to balance, but at the same time, one of the things that I like to point out, especially to my students who are doing it, not one of my projects is ever like a 40 hour a week sort of gig, you know? So that's, I kind of put them all together and make it my full-time income as I balance different things. And I don't know, I, I do have the personality where I like to organize and structure things that actually is very calming for me. So I do kind of plan out my days. I plan out my weeks. I use apps such as like Airtable to, you know, help organize the different projects that I'm working with and when I need to have certain things done for each of those projects. And yeah, I mean, it can be a bit overwhelming, but I think that if you organize yourself and you plan ahead, it's very manageable. Yeah. And do you then also work with other people that you maybe outsource some of the tasks? I don't outsource anything at the moment. Um, I've started to sort of look into it a little bit. But the only thing that I would outsource at the moment would be with my Digital Globetrotter Academy. And because it's such my it's it's like my baby, it's my passion project. Um, I struggle to let go of that control a little bit. Um, I know a lot of people have this problem. So I'm sure there's some listeners out there that will agree with me. Um, but yeah, so I, I'm I'm considering it. I'm just not there yet. Yeah, but it's also part of a process, right? Because mm -hmm. I mean I, I recognize myself and that I'm you need to feel like really confident also about your process and about the quality and the people then that you're gonna work with. Mm -hmm. To like fully give that that piece of the of the puzzle away, yeah. um, so I, I guess it's okay, it's okay to not want that. Like some people are like, oh yeah, just build a team and outsource everything. Other people, that's not their their entrepreneur style. Like it's the same with the digital nomad lifestyle. There's definitely not one way of doing it. <laughs> well, and for me, like um, my academy. It's so one on one, like I'm I'm working with all of my students directly and I'm very involved in every step of the process for them. So the only things that would be outsourced would be the initial contacts or scheduling. And a lot of that can be automated. So, you know, um, I am moving towards more auto, like automizing my emails or stuff like that. But I I don't want to lose any connection with my students. I want to make sure that it's really, it's me who's engaging with them. It's me who's building a relationship. It's me who's doing the whole process with them because, you know, they signed up to work with someone who's been through it and who's going to really take an interest in making sure that we figure out what's best for them as an individual because no di two digital nomad journeys are the same. So that's honestly the biggest part of why I wanted to create this academy was that you can hear other people's stories and that's great and you can absolutely learn from it but yours is never going to look the same as someone else's but I think having someone 
who's there working with you specifically on your own journey is such a game changer. Yeah, yeah, I definitely feel you on that one. I also get so many questions. People also because of the podcast, I'm renovating myself for quite a bit. And people are like, how do you do it? I'm like, uh, <laughs> maybe I should create something. <laughs> yeah, you, you start getting a lot of the same questions over and over. And I'm not one who wants to like copy and paste the message because again, I just don't think it's one mm-hmm. size fits all. So it really takes some time and effort. And I mean, that was that was a huge undertaking for me was building my course and putting it all together and making it to where, you know, I could have a base for a lot of people, but then also tailoring it to each individual student. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. Let's look a little bit more your journey. So what was the first income stream that you created as a as a digital nomad? Uh, so the first one was actually um, uh, becoming a travel agent, like an independent certified travel agent. I realized that so many people were reaching out to me like, hey, how do you plan your trips? What do you use to book? What do you do for all your research? And then a lot of people were like, could you just book it for me? Like, could you just basically create it for me? And I was just like, oh, um, maybe this would be an interesting path. So I kind of researched and looked up some different companies and I found one that in the time seemed to kind of fit. And I started to work as an independent certified travel agent. All right, cool. And then from there? (laughs) So I enjoyed the work because it was something that I was doing for myself. I truly like planning trips. I like doing the research and everything. Um, And I think the company was really cool. It's just that unless you get these huge bookings, the commission wasn't enough to, you know, kind of really be stable or get me by. And sometimes we'd have great months, other times we'd have basically nothing. And again, like the percentage that you get for doing this, it it wasn't where I wanted for the amount of work sometimes it took. Some of them were really easy and others were really, you know, a ton of work and you just weren't taking home as much as I kind of wanted. So I started to look for different income streams. So I had a few people who mentioned that when I was building my website, that I should try to monetize it. And I kind of looked into, you know, what some people were saying on how to monetize your website, where you can partner with other people, you know, do reviews and such. So I started just writing reviews about my own travels and, you know, different hotels, different restaurants we went to, and just kind of building a little bit of a base for my own experiences. And thankfully, I didn't actually have to kind of reach out in the beginning. I had a few travel brands and hotels and restaurants who saw that and they'd be like, hey, we would really love to have you come have like a free dinner if you'd like to review our restaurant. Or, you know, um, if you're in the area and like would like to stop by, we could offer you like a free night or so and stuff like that. So then I kind of learned how to do the reviews and kind of pitch to other hotels or other tourism boards, different travel brands. But it was really important for me that they all kind of shared the same values and fit into my niche because I didn't want to just do something to just do it. So as I kind of mentioned, you know, sustainable travel is a really, really important thing to me personally. So I kind of looked into eco hotels and brands who have sustainable products and have ethical, you know, production, the material is all renewable, uh, reusable, or, 
you know, recyclable kind of a thing. And that's where I kind of really dove into the content creation was I wanted to look for either travel brands and products, tours and boards or hotels that really supported what I was already passionate about and into. And that's kind of where my content creation journey took off. That's so cool. And it's also really nice that you found in that sense, like a niche that is very connected to your core values. Like it's also something that we talk a lot about on the podcast in like the more entrepreneurial episodes um, and mindset episodes about like how important it is that you understand your core values and yeah, in our book, uh, we also had like uh, a part of a chapter of like giving back and also to planet. Like, yeah, like what are some of the things that you could do to make your travels um, a little bit less harmful? <laughs> mm-hmm. I mean, I have guides on my all my social media that are specifically tailored towards, you know, sustainable travel and tips and trips to do in your daily life as well. And I mean, it's, it's just really, really important to me. And um, so, yeah, it just it kind of fell into place that it worked out that this is a niche that people are interested in and they care about. And Mm -hmm. there are brands out there who, you know, really also value these types of, well, I guess it's a value, you know, (laughs) they, they appreciate the same thing and they want to make sure that that's in the forefront of their brand as well. And those are the types of companies, brands, partnerships that I really wanted to pursue. Sweet. Well, congrats on that. That's, that's a huge thing. Thank you. It's really nice to see you flowing. Okay, so uh, we already had a couple. And then uh, you mentioned uh, before also social media, like strategy, like you would come in like that all happened then at the same time. So that came in a little bit after the content creation. So again, um, I mean, the content creation can be a bit more stable if you really know how to pitch, you really know how to look for the types of brands and if you get long-term partnerships, but not all of them can be long-term partnerships. You know, you you tend to not go back to the same hotel 10 times a year sort of a thing. So I was looking at something, I can't remember exactly who it was that kind of mentioned, you know, other income streams or something like that. I just remember coming across social media management and a friend kind of joked about how I'd be perfect for that because I do it for my own accounts and I spend a lot of my time already on social media And that, you know, why not see what it would be like to kind of run other people's accounts or help other people. So I kind of um, decided to do that freelance and took on a few clients. And I I realized that I did enjoy it. It was kind of interesting because, you know, I've worked for so many different types of clients that it's a nice little break. You know, I've worked for tech companies. I've worked for executive coaches. I've worked for sports teams. So it's it's kind of interesting to step out of my own niche and my own world and see how other people do their own accounts. But it's also like you can transfer the skills, you can transfer the knowledge from how you run your own account into all these different niches. Mm-hmm. So that's one thing that a lot of people come to me and they're like, do I have to be a travel niche or a travel content creator or something? You know, I have my own small business or I'm doing this. And I'm like, absolutely not. You can transfer all of the information, the lessons, the skills to any niche, any niche at all. Like it does not have to be travel. It's just travel happens to be my passion in life. And that's what I pursue, but that you can use the same skill set no matter what business you want to promote. Yeah, I really love that. And I also think that when you're, well, 
it's a little bit soul soul searching, a little bit entrepreneur searching. (laughs) It doesn't have to be one thing that you're doing. Like you can definitely do like multiple things, find your passions, combine it, make sure that you don't work too much. So you can still, you know, enjoy the places and, and the people that you meet and just enjoy the overall experience. I'm just kind of as a final question, what is like one mindset thing that you daily do for you to have like a great day? Um, I try really hard to think about things that I'm grateful for, you know, Um, and I have like a little bit of a mantra and I always I'm thankful for my parents. I mean, they're absolutely wonderful, wonderful parents. They're so supportive. I mean, it's a little bit tough when you live you know, 5,000 miles away, um, you know, on a different continent and a way different time zone. So I try to think of all the the people who are there and support me, even if I don't see them, or they maybe not even fully understand what it is that I'm doing, but they're supportive. So I mean, that's a huge thing. And my partner's very supportive. And I know that travel is really a privilege in life. So I try to just remind myself that I'm very, very lucky to have the opportunity to do this. But at the same time, I also try to remind myself that I've put in a lot of work to get where I am and that it can be really stressful and overwhelming trying to figure out what it is you want to do with your life. And it's not necessarily an easy process by any means. But the important thing is that you don't give up and you don't settle. So those are kind of the things that I go through my mind in the morning that be thankful and, you know, but also realize that you got to keep putting in the work. Love it. Love it. I think that's a beautiful, beautiful way uh, to end the episode. But before we go, I always ask my guests if they have one question for me. So Bree, do you have a question? I do. I would actually like to know how you kind of got into the podcast world. I I love podcasts and I love being on them. I think this is always a great experience because it's lovely to talk to people such as yourself. Um, But I always would be really interested into like what kind of made you want to start a podcast? Oh, I love that question. Yeah. So I I also really love to chat with people. (laughs) That's one thing. I, but then I, before I was more into YouTube, but um, I I couldn't really get myself doing it and like a lot. And it was it, it just didn't feel as natural. And I would be also a bit more worried about if I would have like a pimple or, you know, like stuff like that. Like I know it's very stupid. I'm also just a human, but I, I don't know. I would not always be as excited to record. And I also didn't always know what to record. Then when we relaunched Digital Nomads Daily, I was like, okay, what is the one channel that I could do sort of every day or every moment of the day? I can do it drunk. I can do it when I'm stoned. <laughs> I do it in the middle of the night. I have a jet lag right now. I'm still recording. You know, it's like, what is the one channel that I can always commit to? Um, And I got this from Russell Brunson, like I was reading his books and that was one of the questions. And then I felt like maybe it's podcasting. Like, so we tried it and we did a bi-weekly an episode to every other week. And then we just got so excited. And then we did two episodes a week. And now we're already thinking, can we do three episodes a week? So I love it. 
Yeah, it's uh, it's really finding your golden nuggets, I guess. Mm-hmm. And uh, apart for for me, it's podcasting, but I also love being part of someone else's team. So I work remotely. I really like website design. So sometimes I design websites. So I, I actually I'm really thankful for our conversation today because sometimes I'm like, oh god, what am I doing? But now I feel like it's all good in the hood. <laughs> Absolutely. And I love that you said this because one of the things that I really promote to my students is when they're kind of finding their niche, I know it can be so overwhelming and trying to figure out what it is that they truly want to do or how to monetize it. But I tell people like it it really comes down to two things. What is something that you could talk about for hours and not run out of steam? And would you still do it if you weren't getting paid? And if the answer is yes to both of those, you've found it, you figured it out. You just have to figure out how to monetize it at the end of the day. Because if it's something that you love and you can seriously spend so much time doing it, you're not going to burn out. You're not going to regret pursuing that, you know, and it's something you do anyway. And I think that's just so important. So I love that, you know, that's that's something that you're like, let's do three a week. Like, I love doing this. That's amazing. Hi, I love that. Wow. So so much loving what we're saying. Amazing, amazing. So could you share uh, with us where people can find you online? Sure. So um, I have a website, which is www.travelmunchers.com. So M-U-N-C-H-E-R-S.com. And then uh, my social media is all under the same things. I have a couple of them. Uh, My Instagram is travel underscore munchers. Mm -hmm. And then I also have the Travel Munchers Academy um, on my main Travel Munchers page, the Travel underscore Munchers IG, if you go into the bio, I have a link that has my digital nomad. I have, you know, collaboration information. I have the free guides. I have my eBooks, all that kind of stuff as well. Um, so I would say my Instagram and my website are probably the two best ways to, you know, kind of check out my courses, my, my, my personal daily lives, all the reviews, tips and tricks, all that kind of stuff. Sweet. We're going to add it to the show notes. So if you're interested in that, go to digitalnomadsdaily.com forward slash podcast. And then you can find this episode and the show notes and also all the other episodes. We have so many more episodes coming. It's been a lot of fun. Thank you so much for sharing all your nomad wisdom today, Bri. I really enjoyed it. Oh, thank you for having me. This was a blast.